Hey, this is Alex Kola, and you are listening to another episode of the GTM Mastery Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about founder-led sales with our guest, founder of Blocks, Carolina Hinrichsen. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that. Hey Lina! Hey Alex, grüße dich! Nice, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. You just told me that this is your first podcast in English, actually. Well, uh, well it's not my first podcast in English, but it's the first podcast I record in English where I'm a guest. Oh, very, very oh. nice. So you did. <laughs> <laughs> so you're also a podcaster yourself. This is actually uh, the first thing I wanted to mention. Um, the bridge yes. I wanted to build. Yes, uh, this is correct. I'm also a podcast host, and my podcast name is a German name. It's called Zuhause bei Golf Blocks because it's in German. Well, most of the episodes are in German. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And I recommend everyone to listen in who hears this as well. Um, and actually, this is, I think, a good topic about you. Yeah. Would you briefly introduce yourself and what you're doing? Sure. So hello, everybody outside who is listening. Uh, my name is Lina. Originally, I'm called Carolina, but no one calls me Carolina. So please um, feel warmly welcome to call me Lina as well. Um, who I am? Well, this is a very good question. Um, I would say I have different roles. <laughs> so if I talk about just my core, I would say I'm a person. Um, yeah, for me, there are some things are very important, like just honesty, open communication. I love to be in nature and do nature sports like golf, kiting, surfing, those kind of stuff, skiing, snowboarding. And uh, aside, I'm a mom of two. I'm a wife. I'm a sister. Um, of course, I have parents. <laughs> Everybody has. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of friends so friendship is also very important for me to having those connections where you get impulses uh, those very close and very honest people around you and yeah at least i'm also uh, in my professional life i'm a founder i'm a ceo um, we are also invested in some other startups and uh, yeah and currently i'm in this lovely um, let's call the project called Golf Blocks. And what are you doing there? Yeah, what, what do we do there? Um, just to keep it simple, I would say we are we are uh, a company uh, who, yeah, who creates and sells um, modular modular construction systems, mm -hmm. and. Um, uh, we have our own role model where we put workspaces on golf courses, so right into nature, but not only there. So the target is just to put a space in a space um, where you find a little freedom just to work, where you find everything which is needed to have, a, let's call it perfect working 
surrounding where you get impulses from outside where you have the best conditions to work for and um yeah my personal vision in all this is just i would love to or we want to create a working world in which is healthy work is possible for everyone i mean um we are creating new and sustainable places for this and uh, we totally rethink the concept of space and we like to focus on people and their individual needs and at the same time we take the responsibility for our environment while doing modular construction and sustainable construction systems and we want to show that this resource saving modular construction is the future in this industry so there are several core vision pieces we would like to spread into the world <laughs> let's call it like this <laughs> that sounds amazing and Before the podcast, a few weeks ago, we actually had a conversation, mm -hmm. yeah? And yeah. in this conversation, you told me that you are very, very hands-on when it comes to sales. And I told you, hey, let's record a podcast episode where you talk about that. <laughs> and previously, okay. previously, you were at Deluxe, a SVP sales, Deluxe Intelcom. Yeah. So the first question would be to dive directly into the topic. How okay. do you define your role as a founder in sales? My role as a founder in sales. Um, well, I, I, I would put it a little bit differently. So I, I think if you look into startup industry and um, I'm a working professional since well more than 20 years right now I'm 44. So I've quite a lot of experience, especially in sales, because this is my home base so i've been doing all my life sales <laughs> starting at the beginning of my 20s um, in different industries and yes as you called my job before i founded my own uh, company i was senior vice president responsible for sales marketing and product management within software in this group um i would say in startup industry the most important thing is to bring something just into the world just to get it running at the end. And uh, most startups fail on two reasons. First, they have a great idea and they have no idea how to make it reality. <laughs> Or they have great people in, in sales, especially founders, um, but there's no market need. <laughs> or the market is not ready for this. Let's call it like this. So those are the, the two main reasons why startups fail. And this is why I decided for myself, or just it's a natural step into that. When I go into a topic, I really need a good idea. And then I just combine it with my sales professional background just, and I do sales by myself. Yeah, actually, because you are the one at the front, the CEO is the one responsible in the company just to bring money into it, whether it's just by funding, which is also, by the way, kind of sales, <laughs> because then you're selling your idea, so to say, you sell yourself. <laughs> um, and um, uh, yeah, or to bring the product into market with the, with the, Yeah, with the own possibilities you have in your company. So I would say I'm my core competence in the company or my role in the company is sales, actually. Yeah. As a founder. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think 
absolutely fundraising, uh, which is, you, you named it, absolutely also uh, a type of sales, is a topic where you could make its own podcast. So I think today we really stick to this outbound right. sales approach. And yes. what I'm seeing talking to a lot of founders is that especially stuff like cold calling or email writing, they think often it is something that like a minor task where they can hire just an intern and stuff. So what is your point it, on that? And it's a service. It's a service. I would say a lot of people call it service, even in big um, uh, or in huge organizations. They call it, okay, the salespeople, they're just a service. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. This is what I wanted to mention. Yeah. Absolutely. And why in particular did, did you decide to be really hands-on on this and say, hey, I am the frontline CEO, as you named it, and I'm doing sales myself. Yeah, actually, I, I'm the best to transform the mission because I created the mission, actually, to do this. And um, this uh, does not mean that anybody else can do this, just especially very experienced salespeople, but the, at, at the end, it's your baby. It's the thing you yourself know the best you know where um where you want to be in five years and ten years and you can tell all around those little lovely stories what's happened on your journey just to be here with that kind of product so to say yeah whether mm-hmm. it's a software product or a hardware product or whatever or service um but you are or the the company is is a it's a big part of you yourself. And that's the reason why you are the best seller for it. Because mm-hmm. you know it best and you have all the emotion in it. Yeah. And you can mm-hmm. easily put it into world much easier than any, every other person you will train. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And now that of course you came from a very, or quite bigger environment where you have been an SVP and your own team probably and sales has already been kind of figured out. And now you started again from scratch with kind of an Mm -hmm. empty sheet of paper yeah, in front of you. (laughs) So what were the first channels, the first steps? How did you acquire the first clients? Okay. Um, First of all, I would like to mention there is not the channel. (laughs) This is something I learned um, during my whole career. And those channels you're using at the end, they're changing every day, every hour, every minute. So everything is in change every time. So you have what you have to do at the beginning or what I did actually is to decide on several channels because there is not only the one channel to reach your target group or your the the the, the people um, who are at the end using your product. Um, it's first you have to define your personas. You have to define the market, the targets, and based on this, you decide for the first channels because people are changing using different channels. So if someone, for example, has been in marketing automation 10 years ago, today it's, it's not the same anymore because people are growing, next generations are coming, they're using different things. 
um, might be that 10 years ago, webinaring or conferences or certain type of event would be the best just to target your target group. <laughs> um, but nowadays, for sure, it's different. So before you start, you have to be very, very clear of the people you want to talk with yeah, and the companies they're in. And then you have to take a look where they are. And uh, I'm in this business with Golflock since um, uh, February 21. We started a little earlier with creating the whole idea, etc. Um, and already it changed where our targets are. Yeah. So, um, and and if I take a general look over all the last, let's say, 15 years, um, which is also, by the way, interesting. Um, the people, especially after pandemic, they changed their behavior. So they're getting back into a, let's say, older sales structure. So they love to connect in person. They love more than just um, getting in touch by phone. So we're getting back really to those old cold calling things again, <laughs> which uh, yeah. my dad, who was a sales professional himself, and um, uh, now he's retired, but just, he was the one I remember very good when i was a child he was he was calling a lot of people then then they had this fax machines and then they were just just riding in the car through the whole country just just knocking on every door <laughs> talk to people just and it was this was very good just doing say it's just being there in person and we, we're getting back to this at the moment i feel this especially with my targets yeah yeah um and it's it's a gift if you can start from the scratch, actually, because then you just um, you don't have to take care about just former structures in in a in a company or in a group um, or in processes which have been established before. So you just decide, okay, where to go first. And of course, yeah. we started with a website. And of course, <laughs> then, <laughs> then we started um, uh, to choose several other channels. At the moment, we have 13 different channels that we're using. And um, um, yeah, yeah, starting with uh, social media. So LinkedIn, for example, is a very good content channel, so, to be honest. Not a direct sales channel, it's a content channel. Um, Instagram is the second one. All the other ones are not valuable for, valuable for us. So we decided just not to go there. So Twitter, TikTok, how they're called ever there much more. Um, but we don't go in this. Um, we do a podcast, which is also um, a channel for us. We do several events and shows, but very handpicked. And we look deep into data, just um, how high is the invest and um, what is the outcome in terms of leads. And uh, then, of course, you also have to look around just um, how your targets or how your um, the people you're talking to, what is the cross-channeling effect in that? So that might be that uh, a potential lead bumps in just via a show or after a, a speaks, after a speaker slot on a conference, etc., but they've been following you for already for four months. 
via Instagram or they're listening to your podcast or they got a recommendation from a former customer, etc., etc. So it's a very complex thing. <laughs> actually and and how are you then basically trying to convert this lead? To convert a lead. So if you have... No, th this particular lead, when he, for example, has... Mm -hmm. Yeah, he, he doesn't really already had, hey, I say I'm interested or I'm ready to buy, but he heard you mm. on maybe a speaker slot or like you said, the, your podcast, and then mm. he just connected with you or he just wrote you a text and he would be maybe within your buying personas. What do you do then? Yeah, the first thing I would like to just to, to speak to, to this person. So I would never start writing something. So I start... I, I start to speak with because ninety percent also of the salespeople who approach me myself with their product, they write and write and write. <laughs> the emails getting longer, the messages on LinkedIn getting longer. They all sound the same. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's just just like a river who just flows aside. You don't hear it anymore. So uh, I love to talk to people. So I take the phone and. Um, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, and most of the time I said, oh, you got me this message, I'm curious, let's have a chat. And then I try to find out whether um, this person has the need, has the budget, and it's now time to go for it. And if not, I disqualify it and I go on. It's, it sounds very easy, but for most salespeople it's hard because once they get yeah. the lead, so to say, they try to bite into it <laughs> like <Yeah>. a shark <laughs> like a shark <laughs> and then they just do, 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 try they, they try or they try to hunt it worst case scenario yeah. so the person turns around saying no no and then they try then they try like a hunting dog they try to run after it saying well no please stay so just forget about it this does not work just mm -hmm. i think the best thing to approach a lead is just to be there try to find out whether there might be a possibility just to create something together on an eye on eye level. And if not say, well, okay, there are several mm -hmm. possibilities to stay in touch. Best case scenario, I put you in our news. So we produce a lot of content in our company. So it's, um, the whole sales approach is, uh, is a, is a personal branding approach with a lot of um, added value um, out of our working experiences and our tooling, whatever we're using, etc. In the company, we talk about a lot about new work, about sustainability, etc. Things he probably is interested in because otherwise he would not stumble about us about this con modular construction system, the spaces we are creating. Yeah, so yeah. so. We try to put it up, and when it's time, then the people come. Mm -hmm. It's hard for mm -hmm. a seller just to accept people come if, when it's time. And mm -hmm. the challenge in this kind of sales approach is to make the tunnel really big. I mean, to approach a lot of people, to be there constantly, <laughs> just <laughs> and uh, um, of course, creating a lot of content which is value mm. for your community. So you create a community around you and when it's ready, trust 
because it will come. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you mentioned two things. So once you okay. mentioned already <laughs> many, many sales channels um, or inbound yeah. sales channels or, or yeah. personal branding challenges, uh, channels, I think yes. you mentioned 13. And the second thing you mentioned was you're very deep into data. So yes. to a founder now, when does a founder or when do you know a sales channel really works and it's worth to put in more time into that channel? Hmm. Okay. Um, maybe this creates a shitstorm right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, for me, the quantity <laughs> of leads is not important. So it's it's all about the quality. So there might be a channel whose all there are only um, 1000 or 2000 or 3000 people are in. But if they are the right ones, the one or two percent are enough because this is our yeah, target for a year, for example. Um, a lot of influencers and content creators would say, okay, you need X, Y, Z number of followers um, or abos of a newsletter, etc., because you always have this 5 up to 10% who are really looking into it. But I would say, no, if you create the right content for the right people, the conversion is much higher. <laughs> so um, what I take a look, for example, as a, as a seller, you're always, um, I would say you're only be able to handle 20, 25 sales projects at the same time in the same quality. <laughs> so um, if a channel produces, let's say, a minimum um, average, let's say, average height of, of, of an average deal, let's say, in a certain time, I'm fine with that. So if I look at my, well, let's make it easier. Like if you have 10 projects on the table mm -hmm. or 20, let's call it 20. If you have 20 projects off the table, you look with at project, the end with a project, I'm talking about yeah. a, a person who's ready to buy, and then you start with just not putting up an offer, but then you start working on your buying centers. You try to find out the right people with this company who are all involved in this process. Um, you try to find out what kind of barriers you have. You try to work on this. You try to support. You give some more information about materials, product, maybe prices, but not yet an offer. offer. I always... Nego negotiate an offer up to the end until I send out an offer because the offer is then for me only the final thing just to close the deal. So this is the very, 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 very late part <laughs> because it's this shutdown situation for every, every, yeah, every seller. So once you get a, once you send out an offer, you get a shutdown. That's it. Yeah. Mm. And then you have to be, if you do this, you have to be really sure that this convert into a contract. Mm -hmm. So if I'm talking about a project, a sales project or a deal, so to say, talking in HubSpot mm -hmm. language, language. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you put up a deal, um, they are ready to buy and willing and have a problem and they are going for it. And you have competitors, of course, still in case, but um, they are all ready. Yeah, so this is a real sales project. It's not a lead anymore. A lead can be everything. Mm. 
Elite can be just elite can be just the announcement in a newspaper that a new construction site is going to be planned and they're thinking about building up a campus over there. They're thinking mm -hmm. about not, there's not even a tender going on. Yeah, so they so this is elite. So this is just a something was just in the room. Yeah. Yeah. So I would never call this a sales project. Okay. So, and if I look at those channels and into projects, I take a deep look every quarter where those deals are coming from. Mm -hmm. And then, I, and if I discover over um, two up to three quarters, there's one or two channels where it's no respondents, I take a deeper look into that. And it might be at the end. Um, and there's a lot about data, so I only go into channels where I can channels where I can track. This is also also by the way where why I do never print because you cannot mm -hmm. track it. You cannot track it. Yeah. Um, um, then I take a deeper look because it might be a lot of people are following us um, on LinkedIn, but they might not approach us via LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they read almost every post we write. And so you have to ask the people, okay, how did you get attracted first? Not why, what was the last step to jump, yeah? but why did you get attracted first? And you can call it, you, you, you can simply ask them. So if you have already this very close relation that you can call it a deal, you can ask them. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, based on that, I decide maybe just to stop that channel. And this depends on the effort we put in the, into that. Um, we're thinking a lot about canceling Instagram at the moment, but okay. Instagram, because we do not have so many followers, but we have a lot of reach in this. So especially for the reels and a lot of people in this, let's, let's call it cloud. They're really, they're more on LinkedIn, but they love the content we create over there. So this mm -hmm. makes them more loyal. So this is the reason why we leave it like this. The yeah. effort is quite high compared to other channels. Um, but we now try to reconstruct the effort in terms of to reuse content from other channels to make it easier just to make snippets out of other things like from the podcast, etc. PP. So um, those kind of decisions you have to take constantly. And I would recommend to everybody take a deep look into data and if i say deep look take not a look simply into the quantity but into the quality and look at your deals and how they're working and how this cross-function and where they're really coming from and what they love and a lot of people tell me well i'm not constantly on instagram but now i'm on instagram but you because you're on instagram and I see those crazy stories about the VR developer conference where you put us the big crimes into the halls. And it's really interesting what you do over there because it gets us a better understanding of how our project would work. And this is why we are creating that content over there. Yeah, very interesting. You named it data. So yeah. data is one part, but the second part is getting that data. Yeah. yeah. So Getting the data is, of course, via tools, structures, processes. So what are the first processes you built um, or created? What do you mean with processes? 
Yeah, for for example, mean, uh, workflows or that you document documented scripts or um, that you implemented in a CRM. Uh, what what were actually the mm -hmm. first things that you started to do? You mean when when I set up the company? Yeah, for example, in yeah. sales, okay. particular. In sales. <laughs> well, um, yeah, first I decided, um, not on the sales channels, by the way, first I decided just where, where and how when I put in data in, in, in terms <laughs> of documents, in terms of because in the sales process, you have, have to, to get certain content at a certain time to a certain person. So um, the first thing what we've decided how to structure our, um, yeah, our, our, our core, our core um, drive, so to say, where we, where we store everything. Um, and I decided for a, a Google workspace. Uh, mm -hmm. because out of several reasons, because we can implement download links there very easily. It works out very well with our uh, website, which is a big space. And um, so this was the first thing, how to communicate easily the website with all the content, etc. And on the website, etc., there are there is implemented our blog and our podcasting. And so... We wanted to connect, have everything connected, so to say. And uh, then uh, we started working on a CRM system where we can uh, directly implement workflows on the one hand, um, marketing information, and also connect it to the website again so that we, have, that we can close that circle. And um, where it's very easy also to create offers and also get it connected with our financial backup systems. And then we decided for HubSpot, for the HubSpot suite, because um, it's a also already in the base version. It's a very easy to handle. You can use it remote. Um, the usability is very nice. There are hundreds of CRMs on the market. Yeah, so, and you cannot say this is right or wrong, but for us, the most important thing, how to how a seller, especially me and my founder, because we're doing this, uh, my co-founder, we're doing sales, um, can easily access to, to whatever kind of data or information or document we need for in our processes um, from everywhere, because we do flexible work modules. And, um, so it's um, everything in the cloud. It's a Google Workspace connected with HubSpot um, as a CRM system. We have for the whole um, content management uh, and also for the project management, we use Asana. Um, and uh, then it's uh, the website platform, which is Wix. And um, what else? Yeah, the Google Workspace. So those, yeah. and, and of course, for the more the, the architects and the content creators, they also use Creative Suite and Canva and some mm. other tools. But in the core, mm. say I wanted to have less than ten tools in the whole company, okay. just to establish why? the processes. Why? Because yeah. then you get crazy, and then you get everything wild. Mm. Um, in in the concert, in the group I worked before. Um, 
we had a, one of our biggest challenges during our transformation process, uh, which um, I did at the very end of my time over there. So over two years was that we discovered more than 80 different tools within the company and you're within several teams established, let's say, sub processes for everything. So everyone, of course, did it probably, but there were so many tools on the way and so many different places where people just intermediately stored things, which made it very, very hard to get and reach each and every information. Yeah. So. So this was one of my main preferences, especially for sales, just make it as easy as possible, less as complex um, to get access to every data you need wherever you are while you're traveling. <laughs> that's, you travel, that's very nice. You travel a lot. If you want to talk yeah. with people, you travel a lot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, also, like very nicely said that make sales as easy as possible. That I love that. Um, yeah. Now, of course, as a founder, yeah, time yeah. is your most valuable asset. Yeah. So how do you <laughs> <For> fit? everyone. <laughs> yeah, for everyone. Yeah, not only for, for founders. For everyone. <laughs> yeah, true. But for founders, yeah. especially in a company, I would say. Mm. And how do you fit in sales in your crazy founder schedule? Do you have blocks or are you rather... Um, yeah, you told me that you only have three meetings per day up front. So yeah. per day and... How do you fit this in? Mm. Okay, I decided at a certain point, uh, at a certain point, sales must be my core competence. So I have to, um, I have to spend most of my time on sales and marketing hashtag development action. Mm -hmm. So I'm the developer in our company and my co-founder is the closer. So uh, of course I have also closing competence and also closed deals, but my core target in the company is just to, to swim into the ocean, let's call it like this, and to attract as much as people and to speak out loud. This is why we decided also for me as a person to be upfront. So, um, this is why you see me most, most in media. And this is why I host the podcast and not my co-founder. Uh, this is why I'm the core channel on LinkedIn. This is why I just the moderator of the Instagram stories, for example. And I invite, by the time I invite people, I invite customers, I invite guests, etc. But I, I'm the core moderator of everything, so to say. So I have to spend most of the time on this. <laughs> but of course, you have to, um, you have to uh, decide, um, as you said, on uh, on your time, on your schedule, and um, days sometimes are crazy. And um, this is why I'm, yeah, I'm every day. I start with the daily together uh, with uh, my core marketing lead. Um, a daily, like, you know, from software developing companies, <laughs> but we use it in sales. By the way, we use a lot of agile method who are originally coming from software development in sales and marketing. 
just to make it faster. So we we create our reduction plan in iterations, so to say. Uh, we use um, uh, methods like Scrum and and, and um, Kanban to go further. Um, so um, that we can work together without being together. Yeah? So um, and toolings like Asana they support us extremely in that, or Canva, where you can work both two people at the same time on things. Um, and um, this makes it also easy for me just that I will be, let's say, the the boat in or, or the swimmer in the ocean and people around me, and this is something you have to establish just to be able to, that you can swim fast or you can just sail fast or surf fast <laughs> for it. You have to have very good and... Um, um, yeah, very good and and uh, responsive, self-responsible people. They're working in their, they can organize themselves very good just to work off your bug wave. Yeah. So you, you yourself, I mean, I'm producing a big bug wave and I have a lot of people around me um, who just work it off. <laughs> So to say, so they're just uh, they, they they so they save me time that I can make, or this is why I decided I decided to to bring up maximum three valuable meetings each each day because then I'm be able to handle them in the way I want to handle them. So I have time, I can listen, I stay in the moment, and we can create something together. And minimum two of this conversations I have each day, they're sales-based. So we are working on projects or they are potential projects or I qualify leads or something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, Absolutely. when we're on conferences, it's 100% of my time when I'm there. So yeah, wherever yeah. I talk to might be just something. Yeah. So talking to people, you named it again. Um, a yeah. lot of founders are often too pushy when pitching or they're they make a lot of mistakes so how do you pitch or what is important when pitching your your passion and your product as a founder and what part plays for example storytelling in it <laughs> yeah there's a lot about storytelling <laughs> yeah. but uh, the best advice i could give everyone first ask yourself how you want to be approached i mm-hmm. mean um if I take a look at myself, um, I don't like it if just people start talking and do not stop talking without asking me just, hi, who you are? What's your name? How yeah. you feel? Is it okay that we're talking to you? <laughs> so, do you have time? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, in uh, in German, there is a special word in sales for that. It's called Sprechdurchfall. I don't know if this is if this word exists in English. So <laughs> Never heard of, of it. It's yeah. You don't know Sprechdurchfall. You start on talking. You you don't stop talking. It's like just yeah. I you, you know <laughs> what I mean. You 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 understand German, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, it's very unpolite, actually. Because you're not respecting a certain space of a person. Um, 
I would say women are better in that than men because they have this natural intuition just looking at a person in front of them and getting a certain sense of reaction, etc. This does not necessarily mean that men do not have it, but um, it's just given by nature, I would say, that women are more sensitive in that certain time of talent. <laughs> Let's call it like this. Um, yeah, so first thing I would just try to be in a moment if I stand in front of a person and get a feeling whether it's open just for a conversation or not. And then I ask a lot of questions. And for sure, the, the questions on the other side will come and in terms of what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And then I tell them those, how it started, actually, and why I'm doing this and what I just would love to bring into the world. And, of course, this is storytelling because I'm, I'm telling my life, actually. Mm -hmm. And this, again, yeah. brings me to the point what you have been asking me at the very beginning, why it's the best decision to be a seller as a founder because you can tell those stories best because you've been there. You yourself, mm. because you did it. That's, I think, a great word um, to founder-led sales. So lastly, I would like to ask you, what advice would you give founders in general when approaching sales from scratch? And what does the future hold for you and your company? Hmm. Mm, if you've never been in sales, try to connect with uh, other founders who've been in sales before they found it. Because, uh, and then try to, to, to learn from them. Try to talk with them. Try to understand why they're doing the things they do, how they do it. And not try to hire, and please do not hire a sales coach. Oh, no, there's one exception I can recommend. I, I, normally, I do not do recommendations for sales trainers because there are a lot out there and... For a lot of people in my work for me, it did not work out, but I met one person in my life, which was a game changer for me. And I tell you why. It was a game changer, why this person, I can call it, it's Michael Franz. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, he's the guy who wrote the book High Probability Selling, and now he's doing only deal coaching for, um, for, for really high-risk deals. So just for people, especially... Um, especially in, 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 in big software deals or other companies where people get scared. So even mm -hmm. high professional, top-level sellers are get, are get scared because everyone has a certain limit. So And if you're doing mm -hmm. a billion deal, most people say, oh, <laughs> I get scared. And he's coaching them. But um, I tell you why I can recommend him because... And why it was an eye-opener for me, because he made me see why sales is working um, for me and what I do, actually. He just, just hold a mirror in front of me, said, Lina, you're so successful because of this and this and that, and this is your talent over there. And this enabled me... Um, just to teach it other people and to bring it into my teams. And this get me, the, the, I've worked together with him for several years. So he has been a coach of myself, but he was not coaching myself. He was just actually telling me what I'm doing and how I could transfer it into other teams and how I could, could transform it um, 
uh, to a different approach um, and uh, yeah, to convert, let's say, one person sellers into selling teams. So this is also something I would recommend it to a founder. Second, so first exchange with other founders who are sellers. Um, second, um, accept that two sellers working together or three, even three, and putting their talents together would make the whole selling process much more successful than just having one salesperson on one market and what one certain target group. Why? Because on the other side, there are also teams. And try to rethink also the whole payment module and just provision the whole team for success. Yeah, not mm -hmm. just sticking on one person because they are successful because where they are working together and they close the deal because they have three, two or three together. And on the other side, you, they have a big buying center of minimum seven up to 12, 15, 17 people who are involved in the whole process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is the second advice. And uh, yeah, and if just call Michael Franz. I don't know whether he's accepting clients anymore, but because he's crazy successful, but he at least read the book. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah but maybe we will get him on the pot. Yeah, or give me a call. Just you can give me a call. Just I'm open for everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, sales is a team sport. You are absolutely right. And the second yeah. part of the question was, what does the future hold for you and Golf blocks. Oh my expect? gosh! Well, I I don't have a glass bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a glass bowl. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, this is something. This is, it's a it's a deep wish I have that we stick to the way we're working, although we're growing, because mm -hmm. we started with that very very open and free approach of working together uh, so we are so new work is not just a simple buzzword for us just we are really living it just in terms of um uh the working modules the 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 way how we work together um it's a it's a very open way of talking to each other very open and and honest and authentic communication in in all um Yeah, in all variations, you call it. So everyone knows what kind of mood I am, just what backpack we're, we're taking, but we're taking it together. Yeah. So, and um, at the moment, we're uh, less than 10 people working together. So at the moment, they're, we are a creative bunch of people, professionals in our mid-age with uh, a lot of deep knowledge about every segment we need for what we do and hopefully we will just have that still when we are 40 people in the next 50 50 in the next five or, or 10 years or whatever so i don't know what the future will bring for us and hopefully we will put a lot of um, lovely places all around urban areas in nature or in sports environments just to make uh, yeah the working world a little bit better <laughs> let's call it like this i hope you do i hope you do thank you so much lena thank you very much to have me in your show and uh yeah and uh i wish all the others outside who are listening um which i wish you great success in every sales you do and um 
yeah and if you have the feeling oh this might be inconvenient just try it out jump mm -hmm.